All right, welcome to the next edition of the uh, Supply Chain Next podcast. And uh, today, really excited to have friend and colleague, uh, expert in the procurement area, Alan Dunning. Um, he is uh, going to give an intro on himself, but uh, I know, worked together with him for the last three years, uh, not just in Reckless, but all things driving technical innovation and digital innovation for procurement. And so welcome, Alan. Thank you, Richard. Absolutely. Great, great to have you here. And I know you're calling in from, from Australia and I'm sitting here in San Francisco. So uh, again, the global, the global internet makes the, the world very small. Indeed. Brilliant yeah. communications. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing I'd love to do is just you know, let you kind of open up and uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background and you know, all the things you've done throughout, throughout your life. I mean, it's just a fascinating story. Okay, thank you. Um, Yes, I've been in procurement over 30 years, probably getting close to 40 years. Um, probably somewhat unique. And um, when I was at school, I actually wanted to either go into procurement or marketing, which is very unusual at that time because most people were not being directed into business, rather into academia or the military and things like that. So I was one of two people who actually wanted to go into uh, business. And why did I choose procurement or marketing? Because I thought it'd be interesting dealing with people. And... Um, I got my university entrance qualifications and then was able to uh, luckily score a, a university sponsorship for a company called uh, Western Helicopters in the UK, who by the name built helicopters and uh, a great company to start with, with a very structured program. And so they sponsored me through college for three years, um, doing a business uh, studies course. And... Um, and also, during the six months I was with them each year, I was actually going around the whole factory learning the ins and outs of business. So, though I've been in procurement all that time, I've got what I consider a very good business rounding, starting from scratch. Uh, I don't want to predate myself any further, but I will. Uh, my first ever job in procurement as a uh, somebody who's going off to university to seek his fame and fortune, Westland's asked me to do some uh, stock checking with a very experienced material controller in a sheet metal store and if you can imagine we're building aircraft um, we did the stock checking and we found sheets of metal in pristine condition that were actually uh, brought in pre-war to build the Spitfire and Hurricane fighters so uh, it was still stored nicely many years later in pristine condition so that was my intro to business. Um, one of the other things I did as well, uh, my course at college also comprised um, another qualification, in Institute of Procurement Supply, which is now the Chartered Institute of Procurement Supply. And I think they got over 80,000 members globally. And I'm pleased to say I became a fellow of that institute a few years ago. So that's very important to me. So that's my opening in business. And after I uh, spent three years learning the business and studying and qualified, Westlands, in their wisdom, gave me the job as standard aircraft parts buyer. So that's why I started buying nuts, bolts and gaskets, etc., for aircraft. And um, really after six years of doing that, I decided it was time to seek fame and fortune in London and uh, wanted to change the direction. And that's where I entered the uh, resources industry uh, with Brandon Root as they were then in London. And um, so if you can imagine fame and fortune going off to London, streets paved to gold. And within one week, they sent me to Scotland to remote offshore supply base learning the art of uh, material control. So that was interesting. Uh, spent uh, 10 years working in the oil and gas industry, uh, such luminaries as uh, Bechtel and Brunrud, as I say. And then during the downturn in the oil and gas industry in the 80s, uh, decided it was time to do something else. I knew I was okay. I was a protected species, if we can call it that. But actually uh, changed direction and went to join British Airways, who were then moving into privatisation. 
they laid off 18,000 people and I was one of 200 who came in to hopefully uh, change direction for them. And that was a really interesting job. I'm, I was still doing uh, major equipment, procurement, construction work and so on, but a very interesting uh, industry. Um, how, do you, how do you do construction around uh, aircraft hangars and on runways while the planes have got to still, still keep landing and taking off? So that was very interesting. Uh, moving from that, I uh, had the opportunity to move to Australia many years ago and um, grabbed it with both arms and uh, then re-entered the resources industry starting with oil and gas and some big projects in Perth. And for the last uh, 20 plus years I've been living in Perth, predominantly, uh, working for a company called Worley. Uh, been with Worley 23 years, been a great experience, been with the company while it's grown significantly. Uh, and I've grown, I think, with that company as well. And I've had the opportunity to work with some very senior people, uh, people who started this company. Uh, the company now has 60,000 employees. So it's been on hell of a journey, as they say. But along the way, I think I've contributed significantly. Uh, done some really great projects from oil and gas, some in mining as well, but predominantly oil and gas, uh, what we call greenfields and brownfields. So greenfields is building LNG plants and offshore oil and gas structures and brownfields is then actually helping those plants keep up and running and that brings me today and uh, along the journey I've come to meet Richard and a few of his colleagues and uh, working on digital technology which is uh, a direction I've embraced I, I really um, think that's the direction we've got to move in but really serious digital technology and digital transformation mm -hmm. so Richard that's a very quick in intro but that um, hopefully covers all my 30 plus years of experience in a few minutes no, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating background. And I think it's, you know, every time we get someone on here, and especially someone like yourself who spans um, you know, effectively four decades of, of work, <clears throat> what you've seen and, and, and the changes you've seen, you know, are, are startling for most people to get perspective, um, especially with that kind of background uh, and, and, and breadth of background, right, too. You know, globally, global access, uh, you bounce in out a few things. But let me, let me specifically dive in. You know, we talk a lot about <clears throat> the episode is, is, is geared towards supply chain and procurement's a key element of supply chain. And throughout your career, you've been mostly in the procurement side of the equation, the buying side of the equation. So maybe you can talk a little bit about just what you've seen and how procurement's changed over the decades, you know, kind of you know, in sort of some time slice because it's, it, it, you know, has it been the same? Have you seen a progression? And then, you know, how does that come into where you are today, you know, thinking about digitization? Yeah, no, thanks, Richard. Um, if I tell you I entered the world of telex communications, that again dates me, but uh, that was the main communication and the telephone, actually talking to people. And then during my time at Westlands, we introduced the fax. So the fax was a big breakthrough technology at the time. So um, in those early days, um, yes, I was working with very rudimentary, uh, let's say, procurement systems. Um, for example, we also had a materials warehousing system being introduced in Westlands. And bearing in mind, Westlands, by today's standards, were a multi-billion dollar turnover company. And if we went down to the stores to ask for some materials, the storeman would say, yeah, the computer says I've got 10 in stock, but I need to go and count them. So that's, that's the basis we work from. And uh, we built some incredibly uh, sophisticated helicopters from that basis. But, but I think, Richard, going full circle, um, I think somewhere along the journey, a lot of procurement got very complicated. Um, so I mentioned how I was a standard aircraft parts buyer using fax 
and so on. So how we used to call off standard aircraft parts, and you've got to bear in mind as well, they're built to incredibly high standard. If, you, if they're not made properly, aircraft fall out of the sky. So I used to handwrite a bit of paper saying, oh, I need 10 of these bolts, 10 of those bolts, price agreed when you're going to give them to me. And that got somewhat more complicated um, along the journey to know it's it's harder to do that in that simplistic way. So I, I think the way we're moving is needs to go back to that area, in in my opinion. But the one thing I'll say that um, shouldn't change, but I, it concerns me, it does a little bit, is the ability to talk to people. And I think you know uh, whether you're um, no matter what area of business you're in, particularly procurement, where we deal with suppliers. And we've got various stakeholders in-house. You really have to communicate. And, and nothing beats, I believe, there's still the one-on-one -on -one communication. Yes, we, we phone, we fax. Uh, sorry, not fax. We use internet, uh, emails, uh, text, whatever form we use, communicate. But I still believe you cannot beat talking to somebody if they've got an issue, just asking what the issue is or things are good, just talking over those things. And... And I get a little bit concerned that perhaps we're losing some of that with uh, some of the new people coming through. So I think uh, one of the things I would keep preaching is no matter what else happens, you have to talk to people. Mm -hmm. As you know, Richard, I've done a lot of traveling around the world recently. And I think one of the things I, I, I talk about communication, you know, I, I think when I go to an airport, I talk to people. I talk properly to the people who are serving me and that sort of thing, just to make sure we communicate well and nicely as well. You know, I don't take things for granted. And I think mm -hmm. the that communication is so key to me. No matter what technology we use, we still got to be able to do that. And and, and let me let me double click on that. So if you think about some of the technologies that you've seen introduced over the career, you know, from initially just phones to faxes to, you know, email and now even the introduction of platforms uh, where people are communicating on that. H how has the communication improved, not improved? I mean, how have people uh, looked in throughout the career in the introduction of these new technologies? I mean, you know, every time it seems like there's a little bit of resistance to the change, and then it's yes. adopted, and then it gets better, and sometimes the communications even get better. I mean, can you walk through a little bit of some of those technology innovations as they come along and lead up to kind of where we are today with platforms, um, you know, kind of becoming the communication elements and glue, uh, you know, between people? Yeah, look, no, I agree. There is always, I think, in the past, a lot of hesitation with introducing new systems to people. Uh, they're concerned primarily around what it means to them, and, of course, people immediately go to, is it going to impact my job in a negative way? How am I going to be able to work and so on? And and one of the, I suppose, the good things and also the bad things about how we use technology now is we can communicate with a vast number of people very quickly. Um, I think the downside of that is we all get inundated with communication, some, a lot of which we don't need to know, but somebody's decided we need to be on the distribution list. So I think, you know, managing those communications has become a big issue. Big issue. The positive side is it's a great way of... Uh, letting people know what's going on very quickly. Again, the downside is I think we uh, people's workloads have gone up exponentially with that as well. Um, I have to say, though, most of the procurement systems I've been introduced to along my journey, uh, they've usually involved me in lots of training courses. They have been user-friendly. And uh, very often we struggle to see how our input is creating effective output. And I think also in the procurement uh, arena. A lot of the ERP systems are actually financial tools with a procurement module bolt on. 
And in the world I live, which is uh, project management, project procurement, where we do some complex analysis and so on, they just don't suit our way of business. And that means that we have to do workarounds and issue things that don't make sense at times. And so I think that's a negative in our business. On the good side of technology, I think we can take a leaf out of what's happening in the commercial world with, you know, the likes of eBay, Amazon and Uber, you know, forefront of technology with the customer is king. And I, I think what I've learned from, you know, my interface with companies like that is if I'm a consumer, I need to be able to transact quickly and effectively. And I think if, if our procurement systems, a lot of procurement systems we use now are put in the commercial world, they probably wouldn't last five minutes because people cannot get what they want quickly and intuitively. You know, um, if you're buying from Amazon, you need to be able to buy something within a few clicks or else you won't do it. And I think sometimes some of the technology that's being introduced in procurement to could take a good look at that and say okay what does the user really want out of this do we really really need to sit them in a room for two days with a great bulky manual you know when i buy a mobile phone these days I'm, i know how to use it nobody needs to train me to do that so i think my view on procurement in, in some areas richard is uh, in my side of business which is project procurement management which is quite complex is can be quite negative because i don't think those systems have been very often directed towards me they've been directed towards other that so i suppose leads us into where we're going now with digital technology doesn't it well that's that's and, and that's it's a great segue right because i think i think your comments you know kind of picking up on those is you know throughout uh people who you know supply chain as we know is something that you know based on some podcasts we have in the history is you know a, a relatively recent term you know it's only about 40 50 years old you know around the 60s when it came into popularity Procurement's been there and the function's been there for a long time. However, as you're sort of outlining that along that journey, along those 40 some odd years, 50 some odd years, the technologies that have been introduced oftentimes, you know, seemingly increase workloads, but don't decrease the complexity. It doesn't make it yep. simple. And so there's been sort of a, uh, I'll call it an aversion uh, towards new tech coming in. But that seems to be changing too, both in what the expectations are around procurement professionals that we're hearing today. Uh, also, the technologies themselves have been designed differently. Can you can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Because you're you're out in you know not only do you have your own personal experience in procurement, but you've been out on the road now, certainly over the last number of years, talking to a lot of procurement professionals globally and hearing you know, kind of what the common threads are that they're speaking to. So, you know, specifically now is, you know, what's different about technology today compared to what you've experienced before that gives you, um, you know, optimism or negativism towards the introduction of that technology that's actually going to change the way things are done? Like what's different about the technology solutions that you're seeing coming out today for procurement um, that are addressing the needs of what they, of, of what these practitioners really want? I'm very optimistic about the future. Um, as you know, I've embraced the digital world because to me, um, it certainly makes my life easier. Um, some of the things we're looking at in the procurement space will certainly make uh, procurement's life easier. And if I go back to the beginning of my conversation when I was a standard aircraft parts buyer, faxing requirements, I think in my, in my time, we're going full circle now. And I think digital technology will enable me to go back to that simple way of doing business, you know, have an agreement in place. Why can't I just issue something very simply to that company that's got that agreement, we've agreed everything. Why can't I just get my scope of work and click a button and off it goes? And to me, it's why embracing digital technology is because is I think it will make what can be a complex business 
let the technology do the hard work that the buyers do with cutting and pasting, filling in documents, filling in forms, wherever possible, let the new wave of technology take that transactional activity away from the buyer in a very constructive way and let the buyer actually use his brains to analyze data and make the right commercial decisions. So one of the things that has concerned me along the journey, Richard, where some of the ERP system got more complex is we're creating a generation of buyers who know how to operate a system, but I think that also means they're not getting the experience they need to make what I call commercial analysis decisions. So I'm really optimistic that with the right use of digital technology, we can actually get the system to do all the grunt work and let the buyers develop skills or enhance their skills around the commercial analysis of, of that information. Um, Yes, I think along the way, what I saw was introduced a lot of procurement technology was very clunky practices, fill in lots of boxes. You were told to fill in it this way. Um, I, one of the systems I did use, I remember 15 years away, uh, 15 years ago, introducing one of my clients, a major oil and gas company. We had to use a system for creating purchase orders. If you made a mistake, it said wrong. It actually didn't tell you what the mistake was. So you had to go back oh to the God. beginning again and find out what the mistake was. Wow. So, yeah, I'm very optimistic. Um, themes along the way, uh, as you say, I've been out in the in the world a lot recently talking to our procurement teams. Um, most of what I call victims of bad technology, and I'm talking about the project procurement world only here, but they are embracing some of the ideas we're coming up with of how we're going to streamline procurement in the digital world. And when they see me come and talk to them, usually they'll go, oh, God, not another system. So, but usually within an hour, I've converted them from negative to positive about what we're going to do to make their lives easy in the digital world. And to me, I really enjoy doing that because I've got a, a ready-made audience who I know when they hear the word system, more training, they go very negative. And I, and I delight in, over the next hour, converting them from that thinking into a new way of thinking. My experience is that um, I've had very little, uh, after an hour of discussion, very little um, pushback on this. And I find that most procurement people, um, whatever they age, age they are, embrace a new way of doing work if it makes their life easier. Because if we go back to use of technology as well, people are in data with information, you know, they're asked to do more than, most people are asked to do more than they can possibly cope with. So anything that makes their life easier, they're up for it. And that's my experience. Without doubt, I've had, I think it's true to say, I've had nobody after I've talked to them that really will not embrace the new way of working if we introduce technology that would help them do their jobs not hinder it is there something in, 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 and let me pick up on that point though because i think that's a key thing that, that i think procurement practitioners would want to hear is you know what is it about that simplicity and you've kind of keyed on you know talked a couple already right does it make my life simpler does it make me more efficient um you know is it actually going to reduce the workload that i've taken on because of all the other things that have come with it? the expectations are higher so i'm actually drowning in work Yes. now and i need something to help me to you know take away some of the mundane tasks or remove some of the mundane thinking that needs to happen or even just simply automate some of the um, rote tasks that are out there so within that conversion what is it that you see kind of sparks that change is it it's you you're kind of talking about it is there anything really specific about that is it is it you know is it is it does it have to do with the fact that 
you know, the systems they've had to date just haven't met their expectations and therefore they're just frustrated and, and, and perhaps because they see in their consumer lives things getting so much easier, the expectation is much greater now in the business. That, you know, that's, that's a question. Is that a you know, potential observation? And then, you know, double clicking, what is it about the newer technologies that are coming out that gets them excited? No, great question, Richard. Yes, I think um, general disappointment and frustration with current systems uh, take a lot of effort. The output is not necessarily what they need either, so they end up doing workarounds. Yeah. And, if, if I, and I suppose because I've been doing this a long time, I'm in a unique position of uh, seeing all the cycles go. And I think as you get more experience, you'd like to simplify things uh, more based on your experience because you know what will work, what doesn't work. And I think when you're younger, you're keen to uh, perhaps you know, go go with the flow. And also you don't necessarily have the experience to know what will work. So I I just, what I see out there is an embracing, embracement of technology that would take away a lot of this frustration from people and will closely, I think one of the key things to me, it more aligns them with what happens in their private life, you know, when they, mm-hmm. when they use the social media systems or how they buy things, how they use their phone, how they connect with Uber Eats or, you know, use Uber. I see more of a, that sort of use of technology and the acceptance of that technology moving into the procurement space where people, the, the lines are less blurred between work and life. You know, I think we've all seen the slide where people embrace technology outside their office as soon as they go in, they're back into, you know, something 20 years ago. So I think it's more that emergence of technology that makes, takes frustration away from people. Mm-hmm. And there's a great question point you made in there, Richard, as well about will it increase the workload? And I think, yes, that is a big danger. And I've seen it with some of the stuff I've introduced in my work in Perth. We are a lot more efficient now with our clients in how we actually uh, issue our tenders, how we receive those bids, how we evaluate them, so on. That also means an expectation that we would do things a lot quicker. And with that expectation is, can you do more work? So I think we have to manage those expectations as well. So we don't then fall into the trap of overworking people to the extent that uh, it you know, the thing collapses on itself. So I think, yes, we have to manage those expectations of output. We have to manage people's workloads. But I, I, I believe it will lead to a different way of working. You know, uh, we're, as I say, people were in a better position to coldly analyze data instead of spending most of the time moving it around from different mm-hmm. systems to other things. Okay, and and, 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 and and I mean, that's a great a great perspective. And so as you kind of look, take that and kind of move forward, you know, we've sort of been, in, you know, taking taking your perception here, sort of in the last 10 or 15 years as the internet's come in, there's been some technologies that have been introduced into the procurement space, but not a lot. And they've, they've, they're kind of based on old styles and systems and processes and whatever. And, you know, they haven't been as useful. Um, but there's something now looking forward. How do you see this transforming procurement? Like if you looked out five years from now and you think about the technology adoption that's underway, right? So... I think it's a foregone conclusion that technology is being sought after by the enterprise. We call this the decade of supply chain, which means yep. the decade of procurement. Digitization is happening. Um, what do you, see, you know, if you look out in your crystal ball, how do you see this affecting procurement and the professionals and how they do their work? You know, five years out, what's going to change for them? Oh, I, I, I definitely think we will see this transition away from. Uh, how do I use it? The, the term super user or somebody who's an expert at using a system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look, I see many 
uh, procurement jobs advertise and they say you've got to be an expert in this system an expert in that system whereas i think no what we really need is people who can have got commercial acumen to work you know with many stakeholders and many suppliers to actually bring benefit to the company in a greater way so you know when i see a procurement job advertiser they want a system specialist in my mind i know they're not looking for a true procurement person they want a transactional person so i i hope that the technology we're talking about and the digital stuff we will introduce will move away from that space so that the system does technology does a lot of the grunt work that we currently expect people to do and as as i said Hey, let the technology do that. Let people focus on, you know, um, relationships, building, uh, delivering better for their customers, you know, whether it, uh, working better with their suppliers. And I think the other thing for me is as well, the way we connect globally is very important. You know, we, we move things around the world because they might be cheaper there and cheaper that. But I, I think if we use technology properly, you know, uh, that would also change the way we do business, you know, the way we connect with people. And... I think, you know, we will have more visibility in what our colleagues are doing in other parts of the world. You know, we can share information, work with them a bit better. At the moment, we tend to give things to people and then ask them what's going on. And uh, I don't think that's a healthy relationship. I think we need to work better globally with our teams and our companies, with our suppliers and connect a bit better. And really, I see the new wave of digital technology actually, I suppose taking it from the commercial world, enabling us to connect better with in our procurement profession you know with suppliers stakeholders everyone we need to connect with and so, so, to me know, that's one of the exciting bits yeah and, and i think that's also another interesting side to this which is some of the things that people lament in being overly connected in the consumer side of the equation right actually work to be a benefit to connect these people who need to work together more closely and allows them to communicate more efficiently um, actually creates uh, potentially better connections. Um, you know, you talk about face-to-face -face stuff, but you know, a lot of stuff's done doing virtual meetings and things like that. You're still getting face-to-face yep. meetings, but of course. You, know, you think about how much more connected, communicative, and collaborative people will be in this space, which then just makes things better for everybody, right? So things that we view in the consumer space, like, oh gosh, you know, we're being overly communicative, um, may actually be a big benefit in the procurement space as they take that on. There'll be tighter relationships. There'll be more transparency, um, you know, uh, more efficiency, uh, um, you know, uh, less fraud, things like that, because it will be more open what people are doing. Absolutely. I mean, yesterday, for example, for me, I spoke to my colleagues in the UK, in Oman, in China, Canada, the US uh, and New Zealand. And we've built up these relationships. Some of them are online. But what that, that, what that enables me to do, instead of sitting down as we used to in the past, constructing emails and so on. Yes, the email might be a result of what we're talking about or some form of document. But that initial piece where we communicate effectively, you know, saves so much time in what we end up having to write down you know okay we can talk together we can we can effectively communicate we can get down to what are the real things we need to talk about mm -hmm. and, to, and to me I, to do that connected like that and to talk about if we can all share the same system as well and the same technology that can only be a good thing so what do you think about um i'll throw kind of a controversial question in here um so as, I, as you look forward you know one of the things um you know, we've talked about, uh, and I know something that, that I thought about uh, sort of at the beginning of this journey with Requis was that, you know, in procurement, you know, I was in that function. Um, I always like to look at, you know, we're negotiating margins with suppliers, 
not, yes. not price, not list price, all that sort of stuff, but truly what's your margin as a business. And do you see that then becoming more the norm going forward as more of this transparency comes forward by using technology where we're actually getting down to the nuts and bolts of what we're really discussing and not playing the games anymore you know, around uh, you know, negotiations and whatever? I mean, what, what do you, how do you think that's going to affect how the procurement person looks at you know, their KPIs how, or how are they KPI to get kind of moving forward? Yeah, what I've experienced so far is, is some, somewhat along that journey is uh, since we've started introducing some of the new d- digital technology, um, we're finding that the really good companies step up and the bad companies that don't necessarily add value are dropping off. Mm-hmm. So along that thought, what you had there, Richard, I, I see a closer relationship with a group of key suppliers uh, for certain commodities who understand what we need, we understand what they need. And yes, I think you will see negotiations along the lines of margins and things like that. A lot more it's in the past. Um, so yeah, that's how I see things changing. I, you know, the way we communicate now, um, really we, we can go direct into the heart of companies and deal with the people who can really add value to ourselves rather than through intermediaries who don't necessarily add value. And that's what I'm experiencing now. The, the way we communicate quickly and directly would we're ending up targeting or working with those people who really add value to our business. Mm-hmm. And uh, from my, my own company's perspective, Wally, one of the things that really drives us is how do we add value? You know, above all, our clients are looking for what value you're going to bring to me. Can you, mm-hmm. can you provide certainty? And, and I think, you know, um, and I convey that message down to my suppliers, you know, um, if they give us that, then I think we would just closely work together on this. Mm-hmm. And yes, things will become more open as to, well, you know, what their business model is and, and so on. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and let me kind of take that out in a broader spectrum now, think in supply, so think procurement is a jigsaw puzzle piece to the overall supply chain puzzle. Yep. And one of the things that, you know, we've talked about too looking forward is even in the workflow of buying, managing, and selling assets, the functions of supply chain, buying obviously being procurement, that function with all the technology and everything, has largely till date been disconnected from the other steps in the supply chain, the life cycle management, and then obviously disposition. Um, How do you see the integration of procurement using technology to be seamless in the flow through the enterprise of that asset as it goes through buying and managing and selling? Um, How do you see procurement connecting better into the supply chain organization using technology? Well, well, I think if you use the correct technology, and we use the word platform as well, if you've got the right platform, and again, let the technology connect to engineering systems or mm-hmm. you know warehousing systems, surplus management systems, then I can think you would have that seamless uh, start to finish as a supply chain from when it's requisitioned right through to when uh, stuff's installed on site. And, and also then, what don't you need after you've done a project or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do with a surplus after that, for example? Because we know at the end of a job, many of our clients sit on a, a pile of material forever and a day, just rusting away, you know. And I think there's money to be had in that, as you know, about how do you dispose of that adequately? You know, can that stuff be reused? But I think as well, in uh, to, to talk about climate change and green credentials here, you know, there's a lot of material right there. 
we should be recycling a lot of this material if it's new. Uh -huh. You know, why do we keep buying new all the time? If our clients are sitting on new material, let's have a look at what we can do with that. But yeah, I think if we develop the right platform for our procurement colleagues, it, again, let the technology do the linkages for them. There's no reason why a procurement guy can't just connect to from start to finish with everyone in a very simple way. As you say, from it's all about life cycle management, you know, from uh -huh. when you start the process of uh, scoping, requisitioning, right through to when you've installed something and what's left over at the end. And managing that process, I think, and working with clients to uh, manage their assets a bit better, I think, as well. Well, you, you opened a door on one in there, and I don't know if you meant it, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up on it. So you talk about the reuse of materials, the effect on the environment, and, and now even technology, you know, as procurement is that, you know, and we already know this, that, you know, the global 2000s or the enterprises that you want to look at, I mean, they procure an ungodly amount of stuff, right, that, that draws yeah. on natural resources. And so through the, ex, uh, through the transparency of showing where all the excess is, surplus and whatnot, and then the reuse of those materials and actually stimulating companies to think about reuse and the circular economy, how do you think the circular economy and sustainability is going to be affected by the introduction of these technologies? I mean, it seems like it's going to have a really positive effect. Oh, it will. I think at the moment it's quite disjointed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this will have a very positive effect on I suppose the first thing is visibility, isn't it? If you, if you let your clients or the end user know, uh, if we talk about surplus here, what, what's available at the end of the job, then you can actively manage that and recycle it you know, through the procurement uh, market and so on. So, yeah, I think it's going to have a real impact. Now, some people will see that as negative. Mm -hmm. Perhaps they won't be able to sell as much and so on. But surely, you know, we, we've, we've got to do better on that. And, you know, if there's some really good materials in it, and there is it will undoubtedly be trillions of dollars worth of materials sitting in warehouses gathering dust right. that could be put to better use, you know. And I, I think it's, it's, it's really incumbent on us to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Well, let me let me ask you a, a, a slightly different uh, question, focusing on the actual procurement professional. So, if people are listening in and they think they want to get into procurement, or they're thinking about pursuing a, a, a you know a career in procurement uh, or supply chain, for that matter, but procurement for now, what advice do you give someone who's coming into procurement these days, or thinking about a career, or you know maybe they're in procurement five years or ten years in, and where is their career going? I mean, what would you kind of give them advice now to, for their next ten years in procurement? What do they need to do? Uh, what I advise them to do was um, increase their skill set. A lot of the people come into business, perhaps with a business degree, but you know the skill sets. You know, look at look at how you can get get dig digitally transformed. Think about how you can do things better. Look at how your communi communication skills are. Develop your negotiation skills. So look at how you can use technology. How you can move technology forward, and then embrace, I suppose, the communication skills that you need to do that. I think procurement is seen in a marketplace is quite a fuddy-duddy occupation. Um, primarily, I think, because a lot of the systems drive people down the transactional route. I mean, my journey has been somewhat completely different to that. And as you know, I've got the opportunity to go around to many places in the world. Um, I, I buy some really amazing pieces of equipment. I spend lots of money for my clients. Um, but I suppose the key thing there is spending money is I treat every bit of money I spend for my clients as my own money. And I think that's one of the key drivers for me. Treat it as your own, then you won't go wrong. But literally, I say to anyone else moving this profession, think about what you want to do. Think beyond the transactional level. Think about what technology could do for you. Think about your um, communication skills, you know, negotiation skills, all, the, all those things 
go beyond the, the, the view of the procurement in the marketplace, you just buy things, go into how you can manage things better, how can you manage that whole supply chain? I think that's the way to go. Um, everyone buys everything. You know, mm -hmm. to me, procurement is the heart of our world. You know, at home we have budgets, we buy things. You know, why is that different? Why is why is procurement got this fuddy-duddy view when to me, I've done some really exciting things in the world. I've been to some very good places. I've met some really good people. And um, I haven't, I think, allowed myself to get dragged down into uh, being stuck in a certain area. So my advice to people would be um, always look to do things differently. Mm -hmm. um, Always look for where I can go next. And uh, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I joined Wally all those years ago was look to do yourself out of a job, which seems a bit strange way of looking at it, because people want you. If you if you look at if you are very progressive in your work, you're changing things for the better, and you're moving forward. You're going to be employable. Mm -hmm. you know? In other words, don't look at that as negative. Look positively. How can I add value? Be your own business development person, my own marketing person. What do I need to do to contribute to my company, contribute to myself? How can I make myself better? And Richard, I like to think over the years, I've, I've never diminished on the outlook. And um, to me, that's what keeps me going. I, I couldn't turn up and just do what I consider a routine job every day. I still have this desire to uh, look at doing things better and embrace things. And of course, I like meeting people. And I think that's very important, you know, and also be open to change as well. Right. You know, don't assume you know everything. Listen to people. Listening is a great skill. Somebody's everyone has got a skill. Sometimes it's hidden, but do listen and see what, what's out there. Right. And so that's that's so I mean, again, replaying a little bit here. So innovation is a term that you know, you almost have to bring as a part of your DNA even into yes. the procurement world, right? You have to think yeah. differently. How do we do it differently? Because innovation is now a part of our daily lives in business and enterprise, right? It's not just yes. about doing my job, but how do I do it better? Um, yep. How do I do Absolutely. it smarter? How do I do it faster? How, you know, what technology have I observed in any spectrum of my life, uh, consumer or otherwise, that could be applied to my job? Right and, and kind of connecting those dots, and so that's a great that's a great piece of advice for people coming into this. Now, now expanding that scope a little bit, and just kind of thinking as we you know kind of wind down here. But looking forward, you know, a lot of people listening in are thinking about their digital journey in procurement. You know, for their companies or themselves. We talked a little bit about kind of coming into the role, but you know, what do you, what advice do you give people who are now looking at you now? Because you talk to people about this all the time. They're starting their digitization journey which seems silly in 2020 that that's happening, but yes, it's, yeah. it's actually true um, that, mm -hmm. that, you know, for, for all the technology that, that is so pervasive, uh, it just hasn't sunk into the supply chain procurement world as well as some other areas. So how do you, what do you, what, what do you help people to get through this or start this or commence this? What's, what's your advice to just begin the digital journey? Well, I think to understand what, what's in the marketplace as well, um, one of the things that concerns me, there's, there are a vast number of uh, publications, people telling us what's going to happen. Um, whereas I think, as you know, we're actually trying to make something happen, which I think is a bit different than actually talking about it. So I, I think it's also for people to understand what's possible um, cut through all the rhetoric as well and uh, really, really find out what could be done to make people's processes their lives a bit better in, in, the, in their working environment. Um, obviously, it's easier said than done, but obviously, you've got to connect up with like-minded people to do that. So perhaps, you know, there's is after-work stuff to do here, you know, about how you connect up through various bodies to know what's going on. Even if you think your company's not going down the right, right path, I would, I would 
uh, suggest to people that they somehow outside the working environment connect with like-minded people you know perhaps go off and study what's going on and uh, decide where they want to take this themselves as i say i think there's a lot of rhetoric out there and i, I think um, there's a big difference between talking it and predicting it and actually doing it so i think they've got to cut through all that and then somehow link up with like-minded people and i think there's a bit of extra curriculum work here as well if the company's not doing that so uh, again, interesting point here, um, and 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 what a you know also a great way to kind of wind down here uh, the segment, which is you know looking forward in the digitization journey is try hard to find you know not just people kind of talking the talk, but people who've walked the walk, who've yes. actually done it, right, who are Absolutely. in the process of doing it because they have lived through it. You know, I mean, it's great if I can study a book on how to build a house, but I want to talk to someone that's built a few homes. Because uh, yeah. they have the experience, they've got the bruises <laughs> that have come with it. Right. They've yes. made the mistakes yeah. along the way, and they know what to help you avoid. Um, yep. So, and, and it's a very, it's an extremely practical piece of advice. Uh, Alan, awesome. I mean, just just a great conversation. Anything parting thoughts that you'd love to leave with the people here, just in what's going on in, the, in this world of digitization procurement? Uh, look, I'm really excited about it. What I'm really excited about is is. Uh, genuine use of technology to enable the procurement profession and if i look at my side of the business which is project procurement that enables us to do our work a lot smarter um and i, I believe out of that as well that you know some of the stuff we're, we're, we're talking about here in developing people will be i think the key thing is people got to be happy to use what we're developing it's got to be user friendly mm -hmm. you know um if people are happy with it that makes for a lot happier workforce. And I think when technology responds to people, they can concentrate on other areas that they need to focus on. So no, I'm, I'm really positive about the future. And I, th I think um, it's incumbent on a lot of areas of business to embrace true digital technology because the outside world will envelop them otherwise, you know, mm -hmm. and they'll still be stuck in a lot of legacy systems. And mm -hmm. uh, I think we need to remove that frustration and let people loose on their potential. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, Alan, can thank you enough for taking the time to sit on the podcast with us. I know people are going to really enjoy it and it has been a real pleasure. Thank, thank you for being on the episode today. And thank you for inviting me, Richard. I really enjoyed that. All right, Alan. Thanks. Thanks.